Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. There's something happens that when we lift up the name of Jesus, that he draws us to him. There's something that happens to our problems and our trials that become clear. The questions become clear in his presence. When Jesus becomes our focus, there's something that happens. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to just see him. I want you to see him. Jesus, we need to see you, God. We need to look into your eyes. Lord, you set everything straight. You set everything right. love who you are. We love what you do. His name shall be called Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Jesus, that name means salvation, the Rescuer, Jesus, you are Healer, you are Comforter. When Jesus ascended into heaven, that's what he told his disciples. He said, it's actually better for you that I go. Because if, if, if I go, then someone's coming who won't be just with you, but who'll be in you. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here today. And he's here to be the comforter to you. Uh, we feel like that's a... Uh, that's the theme of today. He wants to comfort some people. And so before we go into like the word and just let him speak and rearrange our lives through what he says, I just feel like we just take a moment right now and just let the Lord comfort you. If you would just, if you would, if you would say, look, Gunnar, I'm, I'm hurting today. And I'm going through something and I'm really struggling. If you'd be brave enough just to slip your hand up. Just that's me. Bless you in the name of Jesus. Bless you in the name of Jesus. The comforter has come. The comforter is here. Bless you in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you for your presence. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you that you're evident, that you're near to those who are brokenhearted. And we thank you today that we get to hear from you. We get to be with you. And so right now, just whatever it looks like in your own life, um, you know, I used to struggle with this. Someone would say, give God permission like he needs permission. 
But there is something to that. If we close off our hearts to him, we can't hear him. If we close off our hearts and put up the wall, he can't be the comforter that we need. So whatever it looks like to you right now, just where you're standing or where you're seated, just welcome the comforter. Jesus, I need you right now. Jesus, would you come and just speak to me today? Would you move in my life? I need you. Sometimes all it takes is just acknowledging the need. I need you, Jesus. We need you, Lord. Thank you, God. Amen. 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 All right, well, let's sit down and uh, let's see what Jesus has to say today. We're starting a new series called Tested. Everybody say Tested. Aren't you glad God doesn't give us everything we ask for? Are, are you glad he's not a genie? Guy found a lamp one time and he, uh, thank you so much. He found a lamp and he rubbed it and the genie came out and he said, what's your wish? And he said, I just want to be happy. And now he's living with some dwarves and they're in the mines. And some of y'all didn't get that because you're not Disney fanatics, but you get it. Happy, that's a dwarf's name. Right? I don't have any more jokes, so y'all got to liven up. That was it. That was your chance. That was your chance. All right. So I'm really excited about this. We've got a food pantry here. And over the last, what, two months, we've seen like 20 or 30 people come on that new people that we've been able to minister to and to help. And so um, I'm just thankful for our outreach team. Can we give it up for them? And just, there's a lot, guys. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm up here sometimes, and, uh, you know, we've got cameras all over the building and stuff, and I'm just kind of that guy that checks the cameras every once in a while, like, what's going on? There are people here during the week bringing food in, setting up, working in the shelves back in the food pantry area, preparing. It's not just on the first and third Saturdays that it happens. There are people that show up on those days and serve people in our community. But all throughout the week, people are going shopping at the food bank and they're getting everything we need. We got the go bags. A team of people put that together, by the way. Had to pack those bags so you can pick one on the way, uh, on the way out and give it to somebody who needs it this week. Uh, we just need people serve on the outreach team. So if that's your heart, man, uh, there's Shay right there. But she, her and her husband Chuck head up the out, whole outreach thing here. And, uh, and go see her after service or go put on our contact form on the website. I want to serve in outreach. I want to help feed people that are hungry and, and love on them. And one of the things I love the most, I think it was Christy Ray, the first food pantry we ever had. Somebody comes in and they come to a registration table. How many know it's brave to walk into a food pantry and say, I need? That's brave. And, uh, and so, you know, you got to... <laughs> You got some guards up of like, oh, I'm here and, you know, one of the things we want to do is just kind of wipe that shame off of people and let them feel the love of the Father. And I remember watching Chris, the first food pantry we had at registration table, she's just taking phone numbers and names. And next time I looked over there, she's got them by the hands and she's praying with them. And that's what it's about. People seeing, uh, people being seen, 
known, heard. There's people showing up for groceries that they get to tell their story to somebody who actually wants to listen. And so it's a really cool ministry. I love it. And um, we're, we've just been able to feed so many families um, and help them out. So if you're interested, like I said, go ahead and, and go on the website and, uh, and just let us know. There will be no youth this Wednesday because of the holiday. Also, no prayer room, but that's going to all kick off back next week. Let's jump into our new series. We're, we're in a series called Tested, and we're going through the entire book of James, okay? So I'm going to read the entire chapter one of James. Don't worry, it's not too long, okay? But I'm going to do something I don't know that I've ever asked you to do. And I saw this a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, man, that's, that's kind of important that we center ourselves in the importance of God's word. And I want to ask you to stand as we read it, okay? So everybody stand to your feet, and we're just in the honor, out of honor for his word, we're going to read this together. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, births, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of firstfruits of all he created. My brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and all the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word 
but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves right religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows and their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. That's God's word. Let's be seated. We all face tests. And it matters how we respond during seasons of testing. Testing will either harden you or it will humble you. I'll say that again. Testing will harden you or it will humble you. I've been through several major seasons of testing in my life. Um, not longer after, long after me and Bethany got married, I was diagnosed with cancer. Had lymphoma and uh, six months of chemotherapy. Uh, I went in remission and we didn't have to deal with that anymore. But you know, how many know that's always on the back of your mind? What, not only what you went through, but what God taught you through that season. There are things about him that I didn't know before I had cancer. Did he give me cancer? No. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Don't blame God on what you're going through. But there are levels of friendship, levels of intimacy, level of favor, blessing, understanding, knowledge, wisdom, revelation that we cannot gain unless we go through something hard. And that's what that season was for me. And then the year before we moved to Savannah, Lord have mercy. <laughs> Y'all should have seen it. It was rough. It was one of those testing seasons. It was trial after trial after trial. And I don't know that it stopped, to be honest with you. But it was real bad that year. But I know God better than I did before that. 2020, who remembers that one? I don't, I don't think anybody got away with that one. Like, I think we all went through the ringer in 2020. And hopefully, we're better on the other side. I know a lot of people that didn't pass that test. But I see a lot of faces out here that did. And I, I just feel the pleasure of the Father over you. But just trust in Him. Just trust in Him. And... Uh, just to be vulnerable, because that's, that's how I roll. Uh, I'm going through a severe season of testing right now. My family is. And uh, it's the hardest thing we've ever been through. I can say that. And I say that not to say, have pity on me. I say that so that maybe you'll look at your pastor and think, oh, well, no one's immune to testing and trials and suffering. And maybe what I'm going through, there's a purpose in it. Okay? Because there is. 
and what's happening in my life right now, and then I'll get off me and talk about the work, but what's happening in my life right now, I'm thankful for because I've never been more resolute to follow Jesus with everything I've got than I, than I am right now. Testing will harden you or it'll humble you. And um, I, I think more than anything else out of this series, because if you look at the book of James, this theme of tests comes up over and over. Five chapters, and we're going to split them up over, I think, through August maybe, or through, yeah, July and August. And we're just going to go verse by verse and look and see what the Lord has to say about testing. Because here's what I know. I ain't the only one that's going through it right now. Some of you guys walked in here, and it's a wonder you're even here. Because you woke up this morning, and you never felt more heavy. you never been more lonely. And you're going to be okay. The comforter's here. And there's a purpose for what we're going through. God never sends suffering, never sends the, tr never sends the bad stuff into your life. But he can use the bad stuff. And it's not wasted. So I want to give us a new way to think about testing. How many know there's a new way to think with Jesus? So verse 1 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Some translations say patience. Some say endurance. Let perseverance finish its work. I grew up learning this version. Let patience have its perfect work. That you may be mature. Some translations say perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you fall into various trials. That's one of the most offensive Bible verses. Is it not? Now, some of y'all, you know, we have a flat tire, and we think that's trials. And Listen, I can be okay with that verse if all I got is flat tires. But when, when, when this James, my brother James, is telling me to have pure joy when I'm facing something awful, I can either be really offended by that, or maybe there's, a, there's something about that that's a key that's going to unlock something that I can't see. It's a lot easier to have pure joy over a flat tire. That's hard enough, isn't it? Oh, golly. You know? But how do you have pure joy when you face an terminal illness? Or do you think that wasn't what he was talking about? You know? Trials of every kind. How do, you, how do you consider it pure joy when your kids are going through it? How do you consider it pure joy when your marriage is falling apart? It's real stuff. It's real easy to just kind of come into church and hope I'm encouraged today. But I hope today we just get a new vision of our lives. 
I think Jesus wants to give us a new perspective on what we're going through. If you're going through a test, I got good news for you today. You ready? You have to wait till I drink my water. I got this cold. That's a test. This Here's the good news if you're going through a test. You already got an A. If you're a child of God, you already have an A on the test. Because A just stands for approval. How many know you're not earning your approval with your father? It never was about what you did or didn't do in the first place. It was about what he came and did for you. And through the finished work of Jesus on the cross, you've been approved. And the father doesn't look at you and he... He rejoices over you with singing. You know how you just get over your baby when you change their diaper? You're so pretty. That's how the father thinks about you. He is. He's infatuated with you. Like even when you're screwing it up and being a bozo, he loves the stew out of you. You got an A because of what Jesus has already done. And so testing in the believer's life is not about approval. I would submit that it's about advancement. So it's not about earning approval with God. It's about advancing with him because he's got somewhere he wants to take you. Do you want to go? Because I can promise you it's going to be a fun trip. Well, might not be fun, but it's going to be good. The outcome's good. The destination is. You know, we can have various responses to trials. Sometimes when the <clears throat> hits the fan, we can respond like there's someone to blame. So we look for a person to blame. We say, well... Why is this happening in my life? Well, it's my coworker. It's my wife. It's my husband. It's my kids. You know, we just go back and we, you know, we explore the daddy issues and all that. We can find a million different reasons to blame somebody for whatever's going on in our life. Some of us, we look for a spirit to rebuke. In Jesus' name. It's that flat tire. That devil knows how to put a screw in my tire, don't he? He's an expert. What I'm not saying is that the devil's not at work in your life. But sometimes what the devil doesn't know is what he's doing in your life is actually for your good. And I'll reiterate this. We don't allow the thief to be a thief for a child of God, okay? So pray that, rebuke the enemy of your family, all that stuff. Do it for each other. Remember flag on the play? Sometimes you just got to throw a flag. That is not okay. But what if 
we looked at tests and we weren't looking for somebody. Whose fault is this? Or what if we weren't looking for some demon to cast out like of my situation? Like I got to just rebuke the devil. What if we looked at what we're going through is actually preparing us for something greater than we've experienced? For another level with God that we've never been on before. Another uh, perspective of who he is, his nature and his character displayed in our lives that we've never experienced. The purpose of testing. This is the preacher thing to do. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's a purpose. There he is. Verse three, because you know, and I'm like, James, no, we don't know. He's like, you know the purpose of your test. You know, no, we need you to remind us, James. Thank you. You know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and lacking nothing. You know what the goal of your life is? Shalom. Everybody say shalom. Shalom, shalom y'all. You know, that's more than a greeting. It, it's more than peace. The word shalom carries with it this idea of what was broken being put back together in wholeness and completeness. And I think about the word shalom when I read what James is telling us right here. That perseverance when it has its perfect work, when it's able, when you just stick with it, when you just get up again, when you just keep getting up and doing it over and over and over because you're trusting on the promises of God rather than how you feel in the moment, when you let perseverance have its work, what happens is shalom comes to your life because what you can't see is the pieces are getting put back together again. There's places you're broken that you don't know you're broken until you face a trial in your life. There's places in your life you don't know you're broken until that difficult person comes along. There's places in your life, come on parents, when you have kids you realize how broken you are. Because they bring some stuff out of you. Refiner's fire, that's what you are, refiner's fire, that's what you are. The Father wants to shalom you. Somebody say, shalom me, Jesus. The end goal of spiritual formation is to make you heavenly. Isn't that the goal, to be like Jesus? Somebody gave me a book one time, The Heavenly Man. He wants to make you a heavenly man. Girls, he wants to make you a heavenly woman. Do you know how you become heavenly? Hell. You got to go through hell to get fit for heaven. I wish I had a more encouraging thing to say. But the... But the, but the goal is you will be like Christ if you cooperate. 
and what the enemy meant for evil. God will work it out for your good. And that's a promise. And it's one you can count on. It's one you can stand on no matter what's going on in your life. So there's a purpose to this. There's a purpose in testing. And we will become like Jesus, but you, you're not going to get, there's no shortcut to it. There's no shortcut. There's no easy way. That's why Jesus said, the road is narrow. Because a lot of people come to the intersection and they go, oh, uh-uh. I don't want that. They can't see the end of the road, though. Leonard Ravenhill, he said, if you want to be like Jesus, remember, he had a wilderness, a Gethsemane, and a Judas. Trials are necessary for spiritual formation. Let me ask you a question. What's the most broken area of your life right now? Don't shout it out. It'll be awkward. <laughs> Is it your marriage? Just sit with this, okay? I want you to really think about it. Don't just identify that broken area of your life. That thing that's not going so hot right now. Addiction. Your relationship, your friendships, lack thereof. Kids, sexuality, whatever it is. Now, I want to ask you this question. What would it look like for that area of your life to be perfect and complete, lacking nothing? Envision it. Get a vision for it. You said, that's impossible. Nothing's impossible with God. How many times we got to go to church to believe it, you know? Nothing is impossible with God. Get a vision for that, and I want you just to hold that. What would it look like for that area of your life for you to be perfect and complete, lacking nothing? Now listen to this. That's what God wants for you. That's actually what he wants. And he's actually committed to bringing you to that place. And the very thing that you're pining over because it's not good yet is the very thing that's going to get it good. It's real theological. Does that make sense? So maybe consider it pure joy. Knowing that the testing of your faith is producing something. And you're persevering. You're persevering. There's a process of testing. And I said before, it's a long, hard road with no shortcuts. But I love what James says in verse 5. It seems a little out of context. He's talking about perseverance and trials and then it's like change of subject maybe if any of you lacks wisdom you should ask God who generously gives to all without finding fault and he will give it to you and then he moves on to something no I don't think it's out of context 
I think we ought to look at it this way. In the context of the hell that we are walking through, we need wisdom. And what wisdom does in our trials is it gives us the ability to see our problems in the context of the bigger picture. That's what wisdom looks like when we're going through it. Because it's real easy to just see what's right in front of our face, but wisdom gives us insight. We see insight, sight in, through. I can actually see what's actually happening as a result of what's going on in my life. Wisdom also gives us the ability, or let me just say this, wisdom is the renewing of our mind in our trials. Because here's what's happened to this boy a lot. As I'll go through a test, and I'll just say, whoo, I'm glad I survived that one. And then I learn nothing from it, and I have to go through it again. Because there's an area of my life that the Lord wants to refine and make like him. There's a, there's a place that looks like hell in my life that he wants to make heavenly. And the only way to get Beyond that is to actually learn from my test and renew my mind. And so think about this. Every test we take is an invitation for mind renewal. Because that's where transformation happens anyway. Be transformed by the renewing of your what? Your mind. And so if I go through a trial, I need to be asking, Lord, what is it about you that I need to be learning right now? What is it about me that I need to be seeing right now? I need your wisdom so that I'm not wasting this test. I see people in the church all the time. I've been a pastor for years now, and I've seen people go test after test after test, wall after wall after wall after wall after wall. It's because there's no mind renewal happening in the test. Some of us go test after test after test, and every single time that the finances don't show up, every single time that something goes wrong in our life, we're still blaming God for it. We're still saying, oh, he's mad at me. He's punishing me. You know what the, t- the purpose, the re- my renewal is in that test? Start believing God for who he says he is, not who you think you feel he is. When stuff's going bad. That's why you're hitting the same wall over and over because he's trying to teach you that he's actually a loving father even if you can't pay the bills. Even if hell is turning loose in your life. He's faithful. Faith is all about what we know he said and who he is, not what we see. Since when did we become so worldly that we think God is what we see? If it's not working out, then he's abandoned me. Come on. Let's learn from our test. Believe what he says about himself. And here's the thing. Wisdom is not just something you get when your hair starts turning white. I know some dumb old people. (laughs) But I know some really brilliant old people that have wisdom beyond because they've trusted him. They've trusted him. Why do you think the stereotype of the, of the old woman in the rocking chair is just trust God, baby? I, just like my granny. I'm just like, that don't make sense, granny. Like, you wear yourself sick. What are you doing, you know? 
No, trust God, even though when it looks like it's falling apart. Wisdom's not just something that falls on us. Wisdom is a gift to be asked for. If you're going through a trial, I would propose that the best thing you can do right now is say, God, give me wisdom. Help me see. Help me understand. Give me insight. Here's what I'm not saying. I'm going to start doing this. Because there's always a both hand. I'm not saying we settle for the thief to have his way in our lives. Flag on the play. Illegal. <laughs> no. In Jesus' name, it's got to go. But sometimes, just like Paul, when he said, I had a thorn in the flesh, and I asked three times for that thing to be removed, God said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. So which is it? Is it tell the devil to run? Yeah. But it's also when it don't look like he's running. Maybe a mind renewal. What is God doing in my life that the enemy don't even know about? Wisdom will give you insight the devil doesn't have. It's true. He has no idea what, how bad he's screwing up. So, the team can come on up. Come on up here and lead us out. But we're not done. So don't relax, by all means, okay? I've got a, I've got a question that I've, I was telling Stefan and some of the others. I've, I've had this conversation with a few people. What I've been going through, what my family's been going through for the past couple months or more, maybe a year or so, I don't know. But what it's done is it's drawn a line in the sand. And I, I've, been, I've been in ministry for years, okay? Like I'm not, I'm a pastor, okay? And I've still had jacked up thoughts about my father when things go bad in my life. But what this has done is said, what kind of trial will you face, Gunner, that will cause you to turn your back on Jesus? For some of us, it's a flat tire, to be honest. And everything that you knew about God, once that tire goes flat, it's out the window, and you're operating in your own flesh. For some of us, it's actual trouble in our lives. That you're like, I don't know that I can continue walking with Jesus if I can't understand how he wouldn't deliver me from this. Guys, it's real life. And it hurts. And it's painful. But I'm telling you what, what the Lord is asking you this morning is how bad will it have to get for you to turn your back on me? But I want you to hear him saying, I'm never turning my back on you. And I'm telling you what trials have done in my life recently. It's drawn a line in the sand. And I've said, I, there is nothing that can ever happen that will make me doubt his goodness and make me turn my back on him. Nothing. I've seen enough. I've been through enough. This is it. It's a line in the sand. 
Though none go with me, I still will follow. It's an old hymn we used to sing in church. I have decided to follow Jesus. There's a, there's a line in the sand moment, and I'm telling you, this threshold, I, I look at a, a line in the sand, look at it this way. There's a threshold that crossing over this threshold into a new way of living, a new way of thinking. Do you know when thresholds often happen? In our pain, in our suffering, in our unanswered questions. Will we trust anyway? How many know it's easy to trust God when everything's going okay? Some of you that raised your hand a while ago, I'm going through it, Gunner. Some of you didn't because it, you know what I was going to do. But you're still hurting. Can I propose to you that you're not just in a trial, you're at a threshold. And what you do in this moment really matters. So God's looking for some people who will stand no matter what the cost. Can we all stand? God's looking for some people who will choose to live an unoffended life. God's looking for some people who will be faithful no matter what. Though none go with me, still I will follow. God is looking for a people who are more enamored with his approval than man's approval. Sometimes all it takes is for somebody to get sour at us, turn our back on everything we knew about God. We're leaning way too heavy on people and what they think. God's looking for a people who are set on receiving a crown of life in heaven rather than a crown in this life. We just want everybody to like us. We want to be promoted. We want, we want everybody to notice us. Jesus is like, take your eyes off this and put it on me. Put it on heaven. I'm not making you earthly. I'm making you heavenly. And sometimes crowns are withheld from us here. So that we'll get off our minds off that crown and put it on that one. I'm, I'm fired up. Because it's real. And it's what he's doing in our lives right now. This is the season of testing. God's looking for people who've been refined by fire and will shine for the glory of the Lord. Just, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't bow the knee to the idol. They were refined in the fire. Who'll be that man? Heavenly man. Who'll be that woman? Heavenly woman who is walking through hell right now. What you do in this moment matters. So here's what I feel like we should do at the end. If you feel like you're in a threshold moment, I want you to just come up. Just come on up. Just, uh, just line the Line the, uh, the stage right here. If you feel like you're in a trial right now, come on. Some of y'all raised your hand a while ago. Don't play like you didn't. You're like, well, I feel fine now. <laughs> come on, come on. Just line up, line up here. You can face me if you want to. Come on. Come on, come on. Come on. I'm going through it, Gunner. All right. George and Gretchen, where are you at? Where are you at? Y'all come up here. I was praying on the way over here and I saw George and Gretchen Perez hugging and comforting people who were in this moment. So if you wouldn't mind, you can tell them don't hug me if you want to, but I think it's what you need. So 
we're going to close and, uh, and let ministry happen right here. If you know somebody who's not here that's hurting, give them a hug today. Give them a word of encouragement. Maybe send them that link. Say, hey, you need to hear that message Sunday. This is for you. Okay, let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus, that you're always with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. And that what you're doing in our lives is more than we could possibly imagine. You are good. You are good. You are good. And you're taking us higher. And that's who you are, and we love you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.